now the story shifts to us. Because the beginning that Jesus commenced now takes over in our lives as we serve a risen Savior. May I just say that Easter Sunday morning has always been one of my favorite holidays. Since I've been a pastor, it has been my very favorite of the holidays because it seems like on Easter, the crowds are bigger at the church. They also are more excited, more festive, and the, the services are upbeat and everything about Easter is, is uh, joyful and and triumphant, and people are wearing their finest new clothes and, and all of these things. I remember as a kid growing up in church that we were at church every Easter. In fact, I can't recall in my years of life a Sunday where I've ever failed to be at church on Easter. Of course, we were at church all the other days as well, all the other Sundays, and we would dress up in our Easter finest. See, in, in my day, we had play clothes and school clothes and church clothes and Easter clothes. And never did you get those confused. You wore the right clothes for the appropriate situation. We dressed up to the nines. I look back over the pictures of my family uh, that we took uh, when I was a kid growing up and almost all of them were taken on Easter because that was the day we looked the most presentable. And so Easter's always been a, a very special and a very sacred time, but now, as I share this with you, the chairs are empty. The room is empty. It seems like we are living in very difficult and dark times, times of fear and hopelessness and uncertainty. And I've wondered, has there ever been a time like this? Has there ever been a time when everything seemed so bleak and so confusing? Well, I did a little bit of research this week and I found out there has been. In fact, it goes all the way back to the very first Easter. The very first occasion where Jesus is announced to his disciples as being resurrected from the dead. Now, you have to remember for the last 48 hours, their lives have been in despair. They, they were in free fall. Everything was going well. Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem uh, the, on the Palm Sunday before, and all the crowds were singing his praises. Jesus went into the temple and cleansed the temple. Then Jesus taught the, uh, the crowds before the elders and the rulers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They all had... Uh, had brought their questions to entrap Jesus, and Jesus had masterfully handled them. Jesus had been anointed with the, with the oil in Bethany by, the, by, the, uh, by Mary, who lived there in Bethany. And Jesus then had shared his, his, uh, his Passover feast, that special time in that Jewish life, and he shared that with his disciples, and they went out on a high note, saying to one another, I'll not forsake you, I'll not forget you. Jesus tells Peter, I want you to understand something, before tonight's over, you're going to deny me, knowing me three times. Not me, Peter said, I am willing to go to prison 
even to death with you. But that night, Peter fell. And Peter denied knowing Jesus, and they all watched as Jesus was put on trial, was before the Sanhedrin, and he was condemned to death, having been beaten and and ridiculed and mocked. And then he was taken before Pilate. And before Pilate, Jesus' case was presented. Pilate's declaration was, I see no fault in this man, nothing that's deserving of death. But the crowds began to shout. The same ones that had shouted the praises just a few days before began to say, crucify him. And so Jesus went to the cross and was crucified on that place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. When he was taken off the cross, just before the day had had ended, he was placed in a borrowed tomb from a man named Joseph of Arimathea. He was hastily prepared for burial. They put a a, a lot of spices and a, a lot of ointments on his body But the women watched and determined that they were going to come back after the Sabbath day was over and bury Jesus properly. On Sabbath day, the day after Jesus had been buried, was a dark day. It was a day of rest, a day where no work was to be done. And all that these these disciples and followers of Jesus could do was remember what had taken place the previous 24 hours. It had been a hard time. And here they sat in that, in that room with one another. If they spoke to each other at all, probably said something like, what do we do now? What, where do we go from here? We thought he was the one. And now he's dead. So they sat in that room filled with uncertainty and darkness and fear and doubt and hopelessness. But then... Sunday morning came. The women went, while it was still dark, to the grave to anoint Jesus' feet. And that's where I want us to take up in Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 1, as the Gospels tell us the story of the resurrection of Jesus. In Matthew 28, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, There you will see him. Now I've told you. So they departed quickly. 
from the tomb with fear and with great joy. Fear and joy mixed together. And ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. I believe that probably as, as the women were told this news by the angel that Jesus had been raised, had been risen from the dead, that there was a great deal of uncertainty and doubt. I mean, that's just not the way things work. Death is usually final. In fact, in the course of my life, I've had the occasion to preach many, many funerals, and not one of them in one occasion has any of them ever come back from the dead. It's an unusual thing. And to hear the message from the angels that Jesus is alive, well, they had seen him crucified. They had seen him buried. They knew he was dead. But there was just something in their minds and in their hearts that they were hoping would be true. Maybe, just maybe. And that's why when they left from the angel, they left with both joy and fear. The fear was still there. The uncertainty was still there. The doubt was still there. But there was a glimmer of hope now. Maybe it's true. Oh, they wanted it to be true so badly. For the last 24 hours on the Sabbath day, as they sat in that upper room as a group, they wanted Jesus to be alive again. Maybe they didn't believe it could happen, but they hoped it would. And when the angel told them that it had happened, that Jesus was alive, well, there was great joy that filled their hearts, still mingling with the fear, because they hadn't seen him themselves yet. So the angel says, now here's what you need to do. Go and tell his disciples that he's alive. They turned and they began to make their way back to the disciples. And when they did, they met Jesus. They saw that day the risen, resurrected Jesus. And so on that first Easter Sunday morning where the the doubts and the fears had started their day, Just by seeing Jesus, everything melted. Everything went away. And Jesus uh, tells tells them, I'm alive. I will tell my disciples I will meet them in Galilee. What a great story and a great message. It was life-changing. Their Easter was turned upside down because of that event. Because of the empty tomb. And so... I think that I I just kind of wanted to to share with you how Easter can turn your life upside down. How this story, this message that Jesus is alive can be more to you than just a Bible story, a Sunday school lesson, something that you get dressed up for once a year and go to church with your bonnets and your new suits on and talk about, sing about, and then go home and eat Easter ham. How can Easter turn your life upside down? Well, I want to share with you what the angel told 
uh, the women and what Jesus told the women to do with the story. In order for it to change your life, three things that they said need to take place. First of all, if you want Easter to turn your world upside down, believe it. Believe the story. When the women first heard the, the message of Jesus, they wanted to believe it. When the angel said, Jesus is alive, he's not here, why do you seek the living among the dead? They wanted to believe it. But the angel said, it's true. In fact, I don't know if you notice these little words that sometimes are in scripture that are important. But did you notice how many times in the verses we read that the word behold is used? Behold means Look at this. Look here. Pay attention to this. This is important. And several times down through the stories, the angel is speaking to the women. They they have to say, behold, take a look at this because this is real. This is true. The story of Easter isn't a made-up story. It's not something that's been created because one day when they invent cameras and, and television and all that, it'll make for great movies. The story of Easter is told because it really took place. Jesus, in fact, is risen from the dead. Believe it. If you believe the story with all of your heart, it'll make a difference in your life. From now on, it'll make a difference in your life. Because the Bible says, as we read earlier, sin enters into our world because we're human. We're of Adam's race. By one man, death came. But by one man, life comes, the man Jesus Christ. And so life that Jesus was resurrected to receive is the life that you and I are offered today through faith in Jesus. So believe it. Believe the story. Believe the message. Believe what Easter tells you. Secondly, celebrate it. Share it. I'm sorry. Share the story. Share the story. Tell others. That's what the angel told the women as they were, as they were leaving, uh, as they are receiving the message for the first time. And, and there's this mixture of fear and doubt and hope and what ifs taking place. As, they, as it begins to settle in on them what it means that Jesus is alive, the angel said to them, now go tell the disciples. Go and tell others what you know to be true. I think one of the greatest joys that we have, and one of the reasons why Easter is so important, is because on this day, among others, but especially on this day, we speak of the life of Jesus. That Jesus, who was dead, who had died for our sins, has been made alive by the power of God. I've, I've thought about this, how Jesus was raised from the dead. Here's what I think I've come to the conclusion. Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead. He had the power to do that. Jesus fed 5,000 people with a little uh, five loaves and two fish. Jesus healed the blind. He, he knew uh, the, the blind. He knew what people were thinking even as he, as he walked among them. Jesus was a powerful man. He had the power of God in him. But he wasn't raised by his power or his own initiative, but rather by the power of God. 
God the Father put his blessings on Jesus' death and on his burial by raising him from the dead. Tell that message to people. Friends, that's what the gospel is. The gospel is, the, is this message. Jesus died for you to pay the penalty for your sins. He was buried because he became your sin. And he was raised from the dead by the power of God to give you life. Share that story with others. I'm convinced of this. The more in my lifetime that I've shared that story, the more I've believed it to be true. Easter will turn your world upside down when you share the story. Not just on Easter, but all the time. Everywhere you go, everyone you meet, share the gospel. And then, as I mentioned a moment ago, celebrate it. Celebrate it. Let, the, let it sink into you that, that Jesus is alive. There's an interesting, in verse, uh, in verse 9, to me it's interesting that Jesus, when he comes up to them, now we're reading from an English version of the Bible, but it says that when Jesus came up to them, he said, greetings. That seems unusual to me, does it you? I mean, when, you're, when, when, you've seen, when you've been dead and you come back alive and you see the people that are there to bury you and you see how, how their, their hope meter went from zero to 100 and there's an excitement that's there because now they know Jesus is alive, that he sees them and he says to them, greetings. But that's really not what the word would best translate. It's a word that was a typical greeting in that day of, of Jewish people when they saw one another. But it was a word that meant rejoice. Have joy in this. May joy overwhelm you and guide you and, and, and fill your life and your mind. So when Jesus sees these women, Having just heard that he was alive, he says to them, rejoice, celebrate, because I'm alive, and because I am, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, I have become the first fruits. You too shall rise again. If you and I can grab hold of this truth, that because of Easter, our lives can never be the same because we have been given life from the one who was resurrected. So celebrate it. Believe it. Share it with others. And it will turn your world upside down. Will you pray with me? Father, today as we celebrate the life of Jesus. We celebrate and we recall the things that he did while he walked on earth, the, the individuals whose lives were changed because they spent time with him. They heard the stories, the teachings that Jesus gave. And their lives were different. But then we have also realized that his life came to an end. He came to this cross not just to give lessons, not just to, to uh, 
to uh, allow others to hear the Bible stories and have something to do on Sunday mornings. But he came to die on a cross. And Father, when he did, he died in our place. Father, we also realize he was buried, and we, we reflect on that today. But we celebrate that Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, we too can live forever. I pray, Lord, for everyone who's hearing me right now that we might just be grateful and say to you, thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you for letting him die. But thank you, Father, that you raised him from the dead. We celebrate Jesus today. Thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen.